Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. So today I want to talk about the empowerment of words. The empowerment of words. Words have power. And I want to open by reading this passage in the book of James, chapter 3, out of the Message Bible. Verse 3, it says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings come out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, which is salted water. Does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? Powerful passage of Scripture. I have to take this passage and say, I want to summarize it in one sentence. I would say this. Your mouth can get you in big trouble. Have you heard the saying, you better watch your mouth? You better watch what you say. Or if you say that again, I will make you eat your words. Have, has anyone ever said that to you? Or you say that, I will wash your mouth out with soap. Has anyone had their mouth washed with soap? Wow, good. I thought I was the only one. I am still traumatized by the experience. I think I was four years old, you know, picking up cigarettes off the ground and putting them in my mouth. I got in trouble. My mom looked out and saw me doing that. I was playing outside, picking up cigarettes, putting them in my mouth. I got in trouble, but it was my, my relatives, my uncles that taught me to do it. So that wasn't fair. But I was so traumatized by fuller soap, that brown soap, you know. She shoved in my... I was so traumatized, I never became a cigarette smoker my whole life. So I thank God for washing my mouth out with soap. But you know, studies show that people speak on average between 500 to 47,000 words a day. Does anyone know anyone that speaks 47,000 words? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to get you in trouble. I saw a lot of men raise their hands. 
But there's good news for ladies, because typically the old adage was that women speak 20,000 words a day compared to men 6,000 words a day. But that is, I believe, has been proven untrue unless the statistics I'm reading come from a woman's organization and trying to get back at men. But now the score is 16,215 words for women to 15,669 words a day average for men. So women, but women, you still have us beat, okay? You still have us beat. But words are very interesting. Words are interesting. I always think of this, the power of words and how they affect and, and they, they influence every part of our minds, our thoughts, our behaviors. You know, even words that, that um, old words versus current words. You know, my kids, especially my daughter now, still living at home, you know, she says, Dad, they don't say those words anymore. I say, what do you mean they don't say their words anymore? Like, cool. Like, they, we don't say cool. We don't say, now some of you old people say groovy. You're still saying groovy. That means you're a hippie. If you're still saying groovy, you're a hippie. You know, so cool isn't cool. Cool is dope. Man, that is dope. Right? Do I, are you guys alive this morning? Is that dope or what? <laughs> or, or cool is not dope. It's Gucci. Like, that's another word they say. Hey, man, that's Gucci. I say Gucci. Say, if you, if you said dope... When I was growing up, you'd be put in jail. But words are very, very interesting. I find words interesting. You know, they don't say boyfriend and girlfriend anymore, right? They say BF and GF. Now, to me, BF is bad food. GF is good food. That's the true meaning. BF and GF. Then there are local words especially for us Rhode Islanders. You know, wicked awesome. Who says those things? Wicked awesome. How many still call a shake a cabinet? Is that dying off? Okay, that's, a, that's really dying off. I'm looking out there. That's dying off. And then there's Providence Mall. And you see the sign that says, tons more parking. Like, who says tons more parking? That is not correct English. You know? But when you look at words, bottom line is every word has power. Every word has power. Every word has influence. Every word affects our lives. You know that companies and marketing agencies understand the power of words. So when I say... Finger-licking good, what do you think of? KFC. When I say snap, crackle, pop, what do you think of? When I say just do it. When I say they're great. Amazing, the power of words. They get embedded into your mind. They get embedded into your thoughts. They get embedded into your spirit. Now, when we look at Scripture... In the book of Proverbs, there are over 150 Proverbs that deal with this issue of words, whether it's the tongue, the mouth, lips, speech. So what is God saying here? That it's very, very important how you use your words. So much focus on this, the power of words. You know, Martin Luther King, 
He influenced a whole nation. He influenced history by the power of his words. Is I have a dream speech. It's still taught today in schools. The power of words. He influenced the way we thought about society, the way we thought about races. John F. Kennedy, for some of you older people, and, and, and hopefully they're teaching some of this stuff in school. They should be. You know, President of the United States. He raised up a whole nation into patriotism, a whole different mindset when he said, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. That, those words influenced this nation to rise up and put the first man on the moon. The power of words. You know, Pastor Steve, many years ago, when, um, you know, we were building our first building as a church, and uh, I tell you, it was, it was a commercial building. There wasn't a lot of people in the church. But he spoke a word prophetically that's still being used today. He said, we are unstoppable. He prophesied that word. One word. And now, years later, we have five locations, five church locations, thousands of people, two giant facilities on four acres of property, 40 acres of property in Smithfield. That one word, unstoppable, the power of words. So today, I want to give you three things to remember before you say another word. Three things to remember. How many, how many thank God for teachings of, of the Scripture and teachings of the church? You will not find truth any other place but the house of the Lord. And I hope you're taking notes today. Or write them on your hand. Because I want you to take this and make it a reality in your life. Because this will change your life. Trust me. This will change your lives. One. Before you say another word, remember this. That your words create. Every word that you speak into the airway creates. Like an artist on a canvas. Your words create. You create thoughts, you create emotion, you create behavior, and you even create atmosphere. You know you can walk into a room where there's been hostility? You walk in and say, whoa, I'm feeling something here. You guys have been fighting or something? I can feel it. Because your words create. Your words create. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What's the scripture saying? Speak words of life, you will have life. You will eat life. Speak words of death, you will eat death. The power of your words. Your words will build up or beat up. Not only others, but you end up beating up yourself. Because your words will produce in you, you'll eat your words. You know, it's, it's funny when, it, when that saying, you know, make you eat your words. That's really, so many sayings are from Scripture. So many sayings are from Scripture, truths of Scripture. Your words will heal or hurt. Your words will bring peace or force the fear. Your words will bless or curse. Your words will bring life or death. That is what the Bible says about the power of our words. So I ask you a question today. What's your vocabulary going to be? 
Do you need to change your vocabulary? What are you creating? What have you created with your words? How has it helped you? How are you doing? Some people have a victim's vocabulary. Complain, murmur, negative, negative, negative. I can't. I'm too tired. Good things don't happen to me. That won't work for me. Nothing good ever comes my way. It's not in the cards for me. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. And you see kids doing this to each other. They're cursing what the scripture said. They're cursing God's very creation by what they say. And we create by the power of our words. I'm broke. I'll always be broke. My father was broke. I'm on welfare. My father was on welfare. My mother was on welfare. I'm going to be on welfare. My kids are going to be on welfare. You will eat what you speak. Thank God he sets us free. Thank God he sets us free. He gives us truth. The truth sets us free. How many of you heard of uh, Ben Carson? Ben Carson's the U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, but he was also a renowned uh, pediatric neurosurgeon before he was put into this present administration. And he said this, All that I am is because of the love of my mother. His, mother, her, his mother's name was Sonia, and she passed away, um, I, I think it wasn't too long ago, at 88 years old. But she would speak words into her kids, and she raised them as Christians. She speak the word of God into them. She would speak words into them that would bring life into them, that would bring vision into them. She spoke into them what she wanted for their lives. She broke the spirit of poverty because they grew up in poverty and oppression, a black family. And she refused to be a victim. You know, Carson's mom, she's very wise woman. Rather than them watching TV, because she used to go when she was like a housemaid, and she noticed that all the, the wealthy kids were, were reading a lot, not watching TV. And so she decides, I'm not going to have my kids watch TV. I'm going to have them read words and read books. And I'm going to have them do a book report two a week demanded that they do a book report two a week. And then she would take their book reports and she would highlight them and she would mark them, you know, and, uh, and she'd do all these things just like a teacher would do. And later on, quote, Ben Carson says, years later we realized her marks were a ruse. My mother was illiterate. She had only received a third grade education. But her words were powerful. She was a Christian woman. She believed in the power of the word of God. Words can change our lives. You know, I, I believe with all my heart that if you change your words, you can change your world. Start today. The mercy of God is new every morning. You, you, let me tell you, God washes, the Bible says God washes away all of our sins. He, which, which sins of failures, sins, sin, sins of missing the mark, 
you know, not living right because we have no clue how to live before we come to Christ, right? We have no clue until we're taught the Bible. We go to a Bible-believing church and we start hearing truths like we never heard before. And our lives start to change. But you change your words. You can change your world. Not only your world, but you change the world of other people that you speak to. And I want to say this. If you can't say anything good, don't say it. Take a fire extinguisher and blow it into your mouth. Don't let that thing catch flame like the Bible says. If you don't have something good to say, don't say it. Proverbs 10:19. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Proverbs 13:3. He who guards his lips against his who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly comes to ruin. See, negative words are like bullets. They're like bullets. And bullets hurt. Bullets kill. Bullets penetrate. And sometimes words that have been spoken to you are like a bullet that's been lodged into you for years. But thank God, that's why Jesus is our healer. He's our great physician. He comes and he starts pulling out these things that need to be pulled out of us. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give praise to the Lord for what he does? Number two, before you say another word, Remember this, words have a source. Words come from somewhere. Words either come from God and His Word, the Word of God. They come from your past, what has been shot at you, and what you shot at others. They come from the devil himself, who is the prince of the airwaves, the Bible says. Or they come from your present circumstances. You know, how you're feeling. The way you're thinking now. But the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 is this. The voice of God. The words of Christ. The words of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Peace. Forbearance, which means patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. That is the voice of God. Any other voice that is in opposition to his fruit is not God. God is not a tyrannical judge. God is someone who comes into our lives and wants to help us and deliver us and set us free and change our thought process, change our words, and change our future. That's who God is. That's his spirit. But it's so important to get set free from things that have been embedded in your heart and your mind. There's some things when we come to the Lord, and even, you know, Christianity and salvation and and walking and sanctification, it's a process. It's a process. Like, we don't come to Jesus and poof, you know? I mean, sometimes that happens, you know. I think you do drastically change when you repent. But there's still things that have been lodged in our hearts, lodged in our thought process that's wrong. Things that have been, you know, put in our minds from, from, from 
hurtful situations we've been in, bad parenting, um, you know, abuse situations. Been. So it's important that we get set free from these things. And that's why we need the house of the Lord. That's why we have altar time where people come up and say, you know, that was, that's me you're talking about. You know, I got some scars in me. I got some hurts in me. I got some anger issues. I got some offenses in me towards people who've hurt me. You know, people abuse me. The altar's here. Christ will set you free. Come and receive good news. Amen? See, Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. See, things that cause bitterness and offense, guard your heart. Because if you let it settle in you, every part of your life will flow from that. To experience life, you must be set free from negativity, which is death. You must forgive, get this, you must forgive easily, and you have to purge offense. You know what purge is? You ever, you ever get sick? You know what purge is? Okay? you got to purge offense. Because the Bible says offenses will come. You will be hurt. This is earth. I always say this. Especially people say, why, why, you know, if God's so real, you know, why is there so much suffering? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Because this is earth. This isn't heaven. God didn't promise you a rose garden. Look what they did to Jesus. But you have to purge offense. But remember this. And we all, let me tell you, I have to remind myself of this all the time. Because I'm human, just like you. But I have to speak words over myself that says, Ron, remember, God's in control. God's in control. And I'll hear the Holy Spirit sometimes say, is God in control of your life? Or my wife. She's, she's like this with the Holy Spirit. You know? It's either the Holy Spirit or my wife. <laughs> Isn't God in control of your life? So be careful what you listen to and who you listen to. Because whatever, whoever you listen to, that spirit... The spirit of the author, even books that you read, music that you read, will affect you and your thought process and your words that come out of you. Many times I hear people saying words and I say, oh, I think this person's been with that person. They picked up an offense from this person because they're saying the exact same things that that person's saying. See, and that person has death in them. Now this person's going to have death with them. They didn't purge. Proverbs 12, 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What a truth that is. Lord, cleanse our hearts. Amen. Create in me a clean heart. As David said, renew a right spirit within me. You know, you are not created or meant to take on people's hurts and offenses. We as believers 
are created and empowered to set people free from offenses. And lots of times what happens in families, even in church families, is people take on people's hurts. And they feel as though that they call that compassion. That's not compassion. That's stupidity. That's like saying, okay, what do you have? Polio? Oh, come here. Give me a hug and a kiss, you know? What, what do you have? Leprosy? Oh, come here. Let me give you a big hug, you know? We're not called to take on people's hurts and offenses. We're called to deliver people, to deliver people. We are called to be physicians, doctors, the hands of Christ, the mouthpiece of Christ. Number three, before you say another word, remember this, that God has given you a free will. God has given you power to choose whose words you will believe. To choose what words you will speak. Unless you're possessed, you know, the exorcist. You have power to decide what you're going to ingest and what you're going to speak. To receive and speak. Be careful. Control your tongue. And control your Facebook and Instagram posts. Don't let your pride rise up. I have to be right. I got to say, if you're going to hurt somebody, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know? If your words aren't going to build up or they're going to tear down, it's not worth it. And I've learned that too, you know? Especially in, in politics, you know? You know, sometimes I, you know? Then I realize, wait, what good is that? No one's going to listen anyway. Let me focus in what, on the gospel, you know? You have the power to choose God's words. You know, I think we should, you know, the, the whole, um, what would Jesus do? What is it? Yeah, WWD. <laughs> AD. I think we should have bracelets that say, what would Jesus say? WWJS. Let me tell you what Jesus would say to you. And these are the words you should ingest and speak over your life and over others. I can do all things. Hey, you know what? Let's do this. Let's speak these words right now into the airwaves. Let's speak these words together over ourselves. You ready? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. For nothing will be impossible with God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. If God is for us, who can be against us? Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That is the truth. Have the music ministry come up. That is the truth of God's word. What does God say about you? I love that song that we're doing. See? See, you may be hearing voices in your mind that you're not enough. Lies that tell you, you will never measure up. But God says, you are loved. Even when you can't feel a thing. 
When you can't feel God, where your faith is low, where you have so much unbelief that's overtaking your faith, God still loves us. I can't imagine the love of God. That God so loves us that even when we fail, you know, there's a song by Hillsong, So Will I. And it has a line in it that's powerful. As you speak, God, as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Come on, are we excited about Jesus today? God is good. You are strong when you think you are weak. God speaks words over you. God holds you when you're falling short, when you're failing. God holds you. Who is this Jesus that loves us with that intensity? When you feel you don't belong, God says you belong to him. I think this is one of the the biggest lies that keeps people from church is the devil says, you don't belong. You don't belong. Look what you've done. You're not one of them. When you don't belong, God says you belong to him. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.